Maybe they have a sound effect to them that we So it was use. you. <laughs> You're so good at sound effects that you were just like beatboxing into a... It's jazz. <laughs> Cosmic gumbo. <laughs> uh. No. Jazz is the universal language. Mm-mm. Free expression. And welcome, everybody, to Choose Your Own Book Club. I like that you finally welcomed people. I've been welcoming people this whole time. (laughs) No, you've just been warning them. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to set them up for it. it. Yeah. You're like, you're about to have a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you listen to podcasts. But welcome. Well, my name is Peter. I'm a librarian. My name is Abby. I'm also a librarian. And we're going through every single Choose Your Own Adventure book. Uh, This one is the seventh installment. It's an Edward Packard classic. It's called Third Planet from Altair. Mm -hmm. This one has multiple titles, though. This this one is also called Message from Space. Oh. And also Exploration Infinity. Kind of like we talked about at the end the original 10 or so I had a bunch of different titles just because they didn't get really popular. It's also like, n- known as Interstellar by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> it kind of is. It 100% is. There's a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, for somewhere. sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, these books didn't really get popular until like 1981, 82. And so I think they re-released um, the originals just under different titles to try and sell more copies, as you do. Mm-hmm. We never talk about Paul Granger, though. The illustrator. Yeah, he's the uh, illustrator of the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not his real name, I found out. Ooh! So. What is this? You've actually done the research? I was joking. I, I have notes. Oh, my god! <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole of You researched. I just, and I read this at 8 this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, Paul Granger is actually Don Heaton. H-E-D-I-N. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he was just an illustrator from, like, the 1930s, 1940s. Oh, I think he's, no, he was born 1920. Why did he change his name? Did he murder a guy? <laughs> Can only assume. Uh, that's why I would change my name. Mm-hmm. Is so it he, a, yeah. So he chose... Paul Granger. Yeah, Paul, chose a new path. Yeah. And became Paul Granger. You kill someone and you're like, I might as well be an illustrator for children's books. <laughs> You can't see, obviously, people at home, but he did some illustrations for, uh, like, a Wizard of Oz oh, okay. style book. Yeah, gotcha. And you can totally tell his style. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels, like, very, like, 1950s, mm-hmm. 1960s cartoon yeah. kind of style. Yeah, like Rocky and Bullwinkle-esque. Yeah. Oh, that's a good that's a good analogy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, his artwork kind of makes the books a little bit, especially when the books are uh, not so good. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Because I just, I love how he kind of illustrates some of the, like, the more dismal parts. Right. Especially in this book, because there are some dismal parts. Oh, yeah. So we can we can talk a little bit more about the illustrations. Sure, and, yeah. And during that. I love it. When I get sucked into a supernova. <laughs> the illustrations of that kind of stuff. So I guess let's just get into <laughs> first impressions. So happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Use your words. It's a stinker. I mean, do you want to elaborate? Um, I feel like I already read this book, mm-hmm. and it was the other space book. Yeah, the other space book we read was Space and Beyond by Ari Montgomery. Yeah. Which is the fourth book? Yeah. It's this other space book that we read. Mm-hmm. And so what did you not like about that one? That I didn't get to have my cool alien buddy hang uh-huh. out with me. This one was just that we were starting from Earth instead of starting from an intergalactic space station. Yes. And I don't get an alien buddy. <laughs> that was your main complaint. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it did take me a couple of run-throughs to find the aliens. And then, yeah, like when I got to the ultimate, like, what's the message point, mm-hmm. it was... Oh, I saw this movie. It's Interstellar by Christopher Nolan. Like literally, that was <laughs> that was it. I mm-hmm. was like, uh, huh, okay, hmm. gotcha. I don't know. Have movies and TV ruined me? <gasps> my oh my god, Tipper Gore was right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tipper. <laughs> you do need warning labels on these books. <laughs> Tipper. Parental advisory. Where's the where's the explicit <laughs> doom scrolling? <laughs> These are like the original doom scrolling when you think about it. You're actually right cuz you're you're just looking for Yeah. Wow. This is this is why we as millennials doom scroll. <laughs> Send us up. I like go through and find the most like terrible endings. <laughs> And there are some terrible endings in this one. Um, yes. They're not, like, crazy weird. They're just kind of more, like, sad and, like... Yeah, there, this one wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. There was nothing goofy or silly playtimes in here. <laughs> this one was kind of just more boring. The other space one was, like, depressing. This one was just, like, boring and... Well, the other space one, I feel, just kind of went off on odd tangents that didn't really add up and didn't really get back to like the center of the story. This one, I wanted to compare it to your codename is Jonah first. Mm. Because in our last book, your codename is Jonah, um, there was one central mission, mm-hmm. you'll find out what's happening. True. But there are different branches, there are different ways to reach that goal. Like you can actually track down the whales, you can actually um, find the tapes, recover the tapes of the whale songs, you can find the scientist, um, so there's different branches to explore. This one, it felt very, like, circular almost. I only found the, like, did the mission one time. Like, actually figured it out. Okay. Well, we I, can get into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was depressed that I figured it out, though. It was so boring. That was it? It, it? was a little boring. And then I looked at, uh, no, we'll get to it, but mm-hmm. I was so dumb. I was so... I was like, that's it? <laughs> it was basically like the equivalent of having a secret message pop up on the screen and you spend your entire lifetime trying to figure it out and it's like a Burger King order. <laughs> and you're like... I never actually got what the message was. Uh-huh. The, so you got... I did. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going into summary a little bit. Let's do everyone's favorite segment. Everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Choose your own summary. Mm-hmm. Abby. You are going to summarize this book in 60 seconds, but you get to choose how you want to summarize it. So option one is every time you end a sentence, you have to do some sort of like space sound effect. 
<laughs> just like that, good. Yep. Good start. Uh-huh. Option two is there's four main characters in this book, and every 15 seconds you have to change <laughs> your voice. Yes. Oh, I to like, one of those characters. I like that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna embody all of the characters. Okay, so I'm gonna start a timer, and then every 15 seconds you have to change your voice. You don't have to change like your perspective. Okay. But like you have to change your voice. Well, first let me set up who the characters are. Mm-hmm. There's me, an androgynous person. Um, there's Captain Bud Stanton, veteran astronaut with a very vicious chin. There's Professor Henry Pickens. Uh, a little bit of an Einstein-looking sir with a very, very Colonel, what's his name? Colonel Mustard? Colonel Sanders mustache. Oh, very nice. And then there's Dr. Nira Vivaldi, and they're definitely channeling Cleopatra yes. with this look. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every 15 <laughs> seconds, you change your voice. Okay. I see you looking at the... I'm looking at them so that I can embody them. For inspiration, very yep. nice. Okay, and... Okay, we are getting a weird message from space, and we are going out to try to find it from this third planet from Altair. And we don't know what the message means, but we're going to go out there and try to find the people who sent the message. Switch. Oh, we are going out there. Oh, we're going to try to find to find the message, but instead we go through this antimatter thing, and the captain gets all rigid. I'm not quite sure what happens, but then we have to decide what Switch. we're going to do. And we're going to go off course, and maybe we're going to the planet, but maybe I get uh, infected by an alien who tries to take over my brain. Sometimes it's aliens, and sometimes we end up in Christopher Nolan's Switch. Interstellar. <laughs> it's a really beautiful place when we go out to the planet. Sometimes we go out there and it's crystals. And sometimes it's not crystals. Sometimes there's people there, but sometimes we just end up transmitting. Stop. The message back to our own souls. <laughs> okay. I, I love your... Female scientist, I do declare. Thank you. I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that was actually the 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 um that was actually the captain. So yeah, I, I see you did the boy first. You did the scientist. Well, you, I should say you did the kid first. You did the scientist. Then you no, did the I did that was Doctor Nero was first. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> matter who is who I, I suppose yeah it's it's up to you the audience yeah decide. you get to infer who is who audience so yeah before we get into uh breaking the, the book down a little bit mm-hmm. i do have history about this book because oh i was a little curious about why would you publish this book um in this order because number four space and beyond like why would you follow this book up so close to yeah. Space and Beyond. Yeah. So here's the thing. I did a, a huge deep dive. Like we kind of talked about Edward Packard's first book was called uh, Sugarcane Island. So he wrote that in like 1970. Um, it was later repurposed as book number 62. So we'll get to that in like five years. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the, there's the cover. Okay. He writes that book in 1970. Um, he shops it around to a bunch of publishers. Nobody wants it. Uh, until... He meets a friendly face named Ari Montgomery. Who is him, who I'm, I'm <laughs> determined to say it's him. It's one just day, him in the mirror. 
one day we're gonna like interview Edward Packard. And, and he's that's just all you're gonna put talk a mustache about. on and take it off. When and he's... then he's gonna send like assassins to, like, <laughs> to try and kill you. <laughs> oh God. Um, so anyway, in uh, 1976, he meets uh, R.A. Montgomery, mm-hmm. and he R.A. Montgomery has a very small publishing house. He publishes uh, Sugarcane Island. It's called The Adventures of You and, on Sugarcane Island. Mm-hmm. So The Adventures of You is like the, the main series. or what? Because uh, they haven't come up with Choose Your Own Adventure. Okay. R.A. Montgomery follows that up with Journey Under the Sea, the second one. Mm-hmm. Edward Packard says, you know, I think these books can be doing better. So he goes to a different publisher. He goes to uh, Lippincott. And so he publishes Deadwood City, which is the next book. Yeah. And then Third Planet from Altair. And so they came up with the Choose Your Own Adventures tagline. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is way better. Yes, it's way better than The Adventures of You. Yeah, that sounds like um, like a puberty book. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. It absolutely mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. The Adventures of You is like, have you noticed that your armpits start smelling <laughs> when you wake up and work out? Okay, anyway, keep going with your your history that you researched. I'll stop riffing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Edward Packard uh, goes to a different publisher. And in the meantime, Ari Montgomery, he writes the second book in the Adventures of You series, uh, and that second one is Journey in the Sea. And then he goes to Bantam Books, and that's where they uh, come up with the series mm-hmm. as we know it today. So then it becomes Choose Your Own Adventure. I guess they they either bought the the name from Lippincott or they Maybe might have they taken it. they just bought it. all of Lippincott. I don't, I don't know. They acquired it is the way that they say things in the fancy steely world (laughs) well uh, according to edward packard has a uh website and you know he's 90 Mm -hmm. something and it looks the website looks how you would think it would look is it a geocities website no it's it's fine i mean the the fact that he's still writing and the he has a website and updates it is yeah pretty impressive well he should be able to do that stuff i mean he's been writing on computers for a long time now that's true. At this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, according to his uh, kind of history of Choose Your Own Adventure, Lippincott didn't uh, trademark the Choose Your Own Adventure brand. So Oof. Bantam might have just taken it. I, I, I don't know 100%, but Bantam uh, in... you got to lock that stuff down. you got to put a ring on it. <laughs> so yeah, in 1979, Bantam uh, uh, registers Choose Your Own Adventure as a trademark and then publishes The Cave of Time as the first book. That was a bad choice, as we know, because we've read that one. <laughs> I, In retrospect, I like that one because... I know. Because <laughs> there's so many worse ones. I know. Like we said last time, like the unhinged ones are actually more fun yes. than these ones where you kind of have to follow a very specific path yeah. to figure out what's going on. Exactly. So, yeah, um, from there... Packard and Montgomery, they write for Choose Your Adventure, um, and they're kind of like contracted through Bantam. And I read an article um, interviewing Edward Packard, and uh, one of the questions was, did you coordinate with Ari Montgomery to like talk about, like, hey, I'm going to write this book, and you can write that book, and 
And Edward Packard said no. Like, there was basically no coordination between the two. Mm. So I don't think they were, like, enemies, but it doesn't sound like they were buds. It sounds like they were kind of just, like, they did their own thing. See, I'm imagining them, like, um, Professor Quirrell and Voldemort in the back of each (laughs) other's heads, you know? Like, they have to flip around to talk. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't jive with my delusions with my delulus so <laughs> uh. so anyway that's why this book um was released i guess so fast after space and beyond mm-hmm. is because edward packard already wrote it and <laughs> i think that's why it also feels like this one is a little bit rough yeah. a little bit of a first draft because like he hasn't gotten the format down yet mm. Well, and maybe he wanted to have his space one published before R.A. Montgomery's. It was like a race. I don't know. It was a, a space race. Hey! A little bit of a Cold War sit you. And so they were racing to get it in. And R.A. Montgomery came in first, man. And so that's why we got Space and Beyond <laughs> first. So I'm going to show you the cover of the original. It's called Choose Your Own Adventure in Outer Space. The third planet from Altair. So this is the original cover. And it looks very, like, Wes Anderson-y. <laughs> looks like the little prince, but... It does look like the little prince. But, like... Not good. But, like, a potato. <laughs> but, like, the little prince on a potato. It also just looks a little sad, like... If that was the plan... I mean, that is the worst space suit I've ever seen, mm-hmm. number one. It literally looks like a potato on his head. Mm-hmm. It's a Mr. Potato Head spacesuit. Mm-hmm. He's holding, like, this ray gun that does not come up into the book at all. The ray gun does in mine. Oh, does it? Oh. one time. But it's a mini ray gun, and that thing is huge. It looks like a recorder that you get in second grade that drives your parents <laughs> insane. <sighs> uh-uh. Play hot cross buns on that, you know? And there's a spaceship in the background, and it looks very yellow submarine-y. Yeah, but with spikes. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like you would throw that to a dog and it would rip its head off because it has spikes on it. That's Why are you horrible. throwing that to a dog? Exactly. <laughs> That's not safe for pets. But who would, why would you do that to begin with? I don't know. I just, it look, that's what it looks like. It looks like a <laughs> terrible dog toy that you'd buy at the dollar store. Ugh. But why, why are they selling it? I don't know because they just are selling everything there for a dollar. This is going off the rails so fast. Yeah, it really is. All right, well, let's get into uh, setting up this book a little bit. This is how the book starts. So, for many years, astronomers tried to detect messages from life in outer space. So, finally, at an observatory on top of a Hawaiian mountain, these signals were recorded. And so, it's just a whole bunch of shapes. It looks like something you'd get inside of a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> it does. For real. <laughs> And there is no discernible pattern. I have looked at this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even understand how you would, like, transmit just shapes. like. And it, yeah, it, so it's not like, oh, this could be like a Morse code or something. Mm-hmm. It's like block, dot in block, blank, block, circle, in a circle, in a block, blank, block, big <laughs> blank, block, little blank, block, circle and block. Right. So, I don't know how you would even transmit that. I don't either. Yeah, cool. Maybe they have a sound effect to them that we. So don't it was you. <laughs> You're so good at sound effects that you were just like beboxing into a. <laughs> 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 
It's jazz. <laughs> Cosmic gumbo. <laughs> uh. No. Jazz is the universal language. Mm-mm. Free expression. Yeah, like if we gave this to Kenny G, he'd be like, oh yeah, I can read that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So anyway, um, th- these shapes, this signal is coming in, and um, you find out it's coming from the third planet of Altair. Mm-hmm. Um, so Altair has its own system. There's a couple other planets, because there's like a, the sixth planet from Altair, too. Yeah, it's system. like a, it's like its own galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's like a, Altair is like our sun, and then there are planets around it. Like Earth esque and Mars esque, which stuff. is a little wild if you think about that. Our sun is just called sun. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about if you think about that. Right. We should give it a better name. We really should. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin like is a good name mm-hmm. for a sun, I would say. Hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> hot dog Dustin. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I nice. like hot dog Dustin. Mm-hmm. That's the new name for our sun. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Um. So. You are part of a team. You're on the Aloha. Oh, because you're from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it means hello and goodbye. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are part of a team. So there is Captain Bud Stedden, uh, who is leading the mission. Mm-hmm. Can you do your, what was your Bud voice again? Hello. That wasn't your Bud voice. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, and then, Bud. So yeah, he's the captain. And then uh, he's a veteran astronaut. And then there's Professor Henry Pickens, who's a cosmologist. I had to look up what that was. So it's basically like... That's someone who does makeup. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> That's a why star you're guy. Here. Yeah, a star He's guy, a but star it's also... man! <laughs> it's, it's not just like astronomy, it's also like time and space. So getting back to your time and space. Yes! Thank you! And then there's Dr... Nira Vivaldi, who again looks kind of Cleopatra-y, and she's an uh, anthropologist specializing in interspecies communication. Which, what does that mean? Because like, if this is like the first alien transmission you've ever received, how can she specialize in... She can talk to cats and stuff. <laughs> do you, so what other species do you talk to? I can communicate with my dogs really well. Okay. Um, I can communicate with uh, cats. I know it. They all like me. Um, I can communicate with teenagers. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I feel like I can communicate with animals. Okay. With body language. With jazz. Yeah. So there's these three experts on this mission, and then... There's you. <laughs> and you're clearly a kid. And why, are, why am I chosen? <laughs> you know? Right, so yeah, you're a kid. With, and my, with my goofy helmet haircut. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, you, you kind of uh, mentioned that you could interpret this picture as either a boy or a girl, which yep. I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate the androgyny. Because clearly it's, you, usually it's clearly like a boy, but in this one it's, it could go yep. either way. Yep, I liked that. Um, but again, what are my qualifications? Why was I chosen? You're just really good at kickball. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we like this kid. He won a contest. <laughs> you. You found the golden ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get to go. He like, does why? look Charlie Bucket-esque. <laughs> right. Or they, I should say they. They yeah. look Charlie Bucket-esque. 
They yes, they have a very Charlie Bucket feel. But yeah, like what why am I going? What is my specialty? Like all these other people, like veteran astronaut, cosmologist, anthropologist specializing in interspecies communication. Is it just that I'm small and I can fit into <laughs> tight spaces? You can fit in like the overhead luggage compartment. Yeah, they're like <laughs> <laughs> you're a stowaway. No, that'd be fun. That'd right, be fun that would twist. be fun, but no, because they clearly chose you. Mm-hmm. But why? <laughs> and right. it's never explained mm-hmm. what your specialty is. Mm-hmm. And then multiple times throughout here, it's like you are turned to as the decision-making person, and you're a child. Mm-hmm. They're like, you have to decide how to handle this situation. <laughs> We're adults. We can't handle life. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I can't tell you, like, how weird that is. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times have I, an adult, been, like, in a situation where it's like, oh, man, this is serious. And there's one kid and been like, all right, buddy. (laughs) Life or death. (laughs) Life or death. Us three can't decide. We're all going to die. If you (laughs) don't make up your mind, it's one of these two choices. That is ridiculous. I, like, literally tell my kids to never go into situations like that. Because they're kids. Because they're children. Mm -hmm. That they need to find uh, a responsible adult in those situations. (laughs) But in this situation, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, should I lock the captain up when he gets infected with the mind alien or no? That's the next part. (laughs) So as soon as you blast off... The mission goes off the rails. Immediately, just like in the space, other space ones, space and beyond. Mm -hmm. Also, mission went off the rails Mm -hmm. right away. So you, you, like, are in some sort of energy cloud in space, and the captain, like, freezes up. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the other passengers are affected, but it mostly seems to affect the captain. Yeah. So from there, you can either change course, or you can kind of press on. Yes. Um, The captain is frozen, and Dr... Pickens. Pickens is shaking because we're mm. in an antimatter thing. Or he's just old and he's or still he's cold. cold. Maybe mm. he's a little, you know, he's having a moment. The <laughs> Dr. Vivaldi, which I don't like that they're making her be like this, like, I can't, yeah. I can't make a decision myself. Mm-hmm. I'm the only woman on this mission. I can't make a decision. <laughs> well, oh. Later on, she kind of, she does seem a lot more assertive, but here yeah. here she doesn't. Here she doesn't. And I get that that's the format. They want you to make the choice, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still very stupid. I yeah, don't like that I they're agree. making her be that way. Um, she's passive. I don't like it. But anyway, so it's like, okay, you either let the aloha go on mm-hmm. or you turn around, change course. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So first run through, what did I do? I was like, well, let's keep going. Let's go to Altair. Mm-hmm. Why not? So I go on. No, do 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 do. We're going ahead, and we get there. It's okay. And <laughs> so you get to where Altair? We get to yeah. We oh, get to the third planet from mm-hmm. Altair. We get there. The captain's feeling okay again. And there's three options. Then we can either investigate the water moon because there's several moons around this planet. We can investigate these clouds that are orbiting the planet. Yes, kind of almost like the rings of Saturn. Yeah, or you can go right to the planet. So I go to investigate the clouds. God, I had the dumbest first run. I hated it so much. (laughs) So we get there and we look and they're like, oh my gosh, the clouds are actually crystal cities. Mm -hmm. 
cool. And they're like, oh, the, maybe this is where the signals are coming from. But everything is strangely empty. What's going on? Yeah, there's nobody around. There's nobody around. And do you want to get out? And I'm like, sure, I'll get out. Why not? Because I am who I am as a person. So I get out and I go outside and, yep, everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. Oh, but I find this, like, little place full of radio equipment. Maybe this is where things are going through. And so I go in and then, oh, look, there's a whole city that has, like, a map that looks like our galaxy. Mm-hmm. My galaxy, where I came from. Yeah, so you can clearly see, like, Saturn Yeah, I can see Saturn. I can see Earth. I can see uh, the sun, Hot Dog Dustin. <laughs> and... <laughs> So it's like, oh, I can keep exploring the city or I can radio the Aloha and tell them what I see. So then I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to keep exploring the city. That's cool. So then I go and explore the city. And then it's like, oh, I find this weird little radio booth. And then I start talking into this radio thing Mm -hmm. and it's talking to me. And I'm like saying, so it's a a computer. It's a computer. And it's talking to me, and I don't know what it's saying, and I feel kind of weird about it. And I'm like, oh, I come from Earth. And it says English words to me. Yes, because it's, it's starting to learn. It's learning my language. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then I go to the Aloha, who went down to the planet and saw that there was, like, nothing there, and it was breaking apart, and we have to leave. And then we just leave. <laughs> but you have t- the tapes, right? Yes, I have the tapes. I bring them along with the memory bank. And it's like, oh, we didn't complete our mission, but now we have knowledge of the third planet's people. And we can do stuff with them on Earth. I was like... It's kind of anticlimactic. What? Mm-hmm. That was so dumb. I hated it. Maybe that's why I didn't like this book so much. It was stupid. I had to go through it so many times to get to the ending where I actually decoded the secret message. So I never, before I get to my first <laughs> one through, what was the message? It means we are coming. Ugh. Ugh. And nothing else? That's, that's all I'm That's it. They sent it to hundreds of planets and said we're coming. Like menacingly or like? No, just that they were leaving because they knew that their atmosphere was breaking down. Oh. But why... Okay, because through other run-throughs, you find out that other planets in that system are uh, ha- habitable. Like, mm. you find out that uh, the sixth planet of mm. Altair, uh, there are aliens on there. So why didn't they just hang out with those guys? So in the run-through where I find out the message, okay, um, where they say we're coming, like, apparently it, that is not true. Like, oh, okay. They're not habitable. Um, Which is always a weird thing about these books that, like, sometimes there's continuity between choices and other yeah. times there's not. I don't like that. Like, I think it's weird that some things negate other, some endings negate other endings. Right. That's why Mystery of Chimney Rock is kind of like the best book so far because, yeah. like, it was just one, just one story through different viewpoints. Yeah. Um, that's in one of them, it's like, okay, um, instead of going. Um, down into the cloud planets, I, like, end up somehow, like, going down into the ocean depths Mm -hmm. of the water moon or something, somehow, or on the planet, and that's when I find this domed city underwater, and that's where actually all of the people from the third planet from Altair are living. Okay. And then they let us into their domed city, and 
that's when they're like, okay, we are living down here because of these antimatter storms that are just like rocking our planet. And uh, you can I, you can leave now because there's another bad one coming and we're not going to be able to open the dome back up for months after this. If you leave now, you can probably get away. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to let you go. So you have to decide, I have to decide if I'm going to stay there with them as an Earth envoy or leave with the rest of my crew. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll stay. Mm-hmm. And that's when they say, yeah, they. some people left, some people stayed on there to like live on their planet still because they didn't want to leave. But yeah, while they were preparing for the long journey, they sent a message to planets, the meaning of which was we are coming. Which is a very unhelpful message. Yeah. When you send it coded like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also like, hey, we need help. Like, that should be like in your message somehow. Right. We are coming is vaguely threatening. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was my first run through. But yeah, it took me forever to find the one where the message was decoded. And, See, I never got I never got And that. I hated it. <laughs> I hated that that was the message. That's why when I finally found out what the message was, I sat there looking at it forever trying to decode. Like, where's the E? (laughs) Where's the E? It was so annoying. Tell me yours. I hated this. (laughs) I hated every second of this. Again, I hit the energy storm. Mm -hmm. And Captain freezes up. He's having a moment. He's getting the vapors. And (laughs) I told you, that's how he Mm -hmm. sounds. So Dr. Vivaldi wants to change course. And so I, I always take the passive choice. It's like, well, I'm, I'm sticking with her. She's a doctor. She knows what she's talking about. So I, I change course. Um, and then the captain uh, starts to wake up a little bit. But he becomes a little a little off, a little crazy. So you can either choose to um, follow his orders or lock him up. So I actually, I locked him up. <gasps> oh. Right? I put on my big kid pants. That's I really said, bold of you. Right? I I approve. I appreciate that. Good job. Well, th- thanks. I was so brave. That was really brave. That. Yeah. For choosing that choice. <laughs> Be- good job being mm-hmm. a picky chooser. Mm-hmm. You're handing me a bunch of gold star stickers mm-hmm. <laughs> to put on my chart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peter has a good choice chart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then you lock him up and then... Uh, he feels better, and so he can either uh, take command again. Oh, he says he feels better. Yeah, he says he feels better. Thank you. Um, Sus. So he can either take command again or not. So I said, no, you're going to set this one out. And then... You still didn't believe him? It, it, it appears that way. Oh. And then uh, all of a sudden, there's like time-space problems, and the scientist guy is like, quick, we have to activate the chronostan we might end up like a thousand years in the past or it, it's really not set up at all. No. That there's like time warp problems. No. So then I, I activate the, the chronostan. You're not sure if you're in the future or the past, but you do end up meeting the aliens. So they were kind of meeting you halfway because they were on their way to Earth to try mm-hmm. and meet up with you. And so you actually get to see the aliens. And so how would you describe the aliens? Um, I guess what I would say is their heads look like a jelly donut. <laughs> their body kind of looks like an ottoman. Yeah, they do have an ottoman tummy. With like licorice limbs. Mm-hmm. They've got really like praying mantis kind of arms. Mm-hmm. 
jelly donut face for sure. And I am very curious about their organs, I guess. How so? I don't know, but why is my first instinct when I see an alien to dissect it? (laughs) (laughs) What does that say about me as a human? (laughs) I'm like, where do they poop from? (laughs) Where the poop go? It took me a long time to find aliens in this one. And in fact, I had to backwards engineer a lot of aliens. I had to go through and find aliens and then go backwards to find them. So there's, well, there are a lot of aliens. Yeah, there's a ton of aliens, but I never found them naturally. Okay. Because there's like, when you get to the third planet, there's like a giant rat creature that wants to eat you. I never found that. There's a giant um, plant thing that wants to eat you. I never found that either. Um, There's also these like giant Muppet creatures. What? (laughs) What am I doing wrong? There's a, I do I all this a, brave stuff, and I never find aliens. They kind of look very... They do look like some kind of Dr. Seuss-looking thing. Yeah. Look at these, like, jellyfish-looking dudes. I wanted all of these. I just got all these weird Christopher Nolan things happening. So if you follow the Muppet aliens, um, they take you to a statue. And what does the statue look like? Oh, no, it's the Easter Island heads. Yeah. How long was I gone? <laughs> it's people. <laughs> uh, no, um, so you find Easter Island statues on the third planet insinuating that aliens came to Earth and made the Easter Island statues. Which, which I hate. I know, it's not really cool. No, and I hate that. I hate the insinuation that ancient peoples couldn't be capable of Mm -hmm. creating any kind of magical or like huge beautiful things Mm -hmm. stupid but anyway fun fact um steven andrade the Mm -hmm. person who uh made our logo Mm -hmm. um uh originally we have the castle in the background he wanted to put in one of the easter island statues Mm -hmm. because i think because of this book really (laughs) And because he said, oh, I remember that there was an Easter Island statue in one of these books. Oh, fun. And so I think it's this book that he, he remembered. Tight. Did you ever get sucked into the alien? No, tell brain? me all about it. Okay, so. Um, well, actually, maybe I did, but tell me about it. Yeah, it's really fun. So if you don't. Okay, so when the, the captain uh, gets that, like, paralysis yeah, comes over kind of possessed. him. He gets possessed. By an alien during that time. So yes, I, d- I did get this, but keep, yes. keep going. He gets possessed by an alien during that time. And you can follow fo- his orders. Follow his orders, yeah. So if you decide to follow his orders, um, then all of a sudden, Pickens gets possessed too. And it's like, oh no, now this alien brain is po- like progressively going to start possessing each one of us. Mm-hmm. And if you <laughs> allow it to keep possessing you, then you're going to start going towards Deneb 5, which apparently is just a giant alien brain in the middle of space. Mm-hmm. And if you get close enough to it, it sucks you in. Yeah, um, so he wants to fly into it. As, as soon as like, you fly into it, he snaps out of it. And then like, you're, just, you're, you're sucked into the thing. Yeah. But there's another cool part. Well, not a cool part, but it's a really funny part where he snaps out of it really fast and then the brain collective wants to possess you. Did you get that part? Yes. 
And so the brain collective That's in your head says, oh, I'm so, am, I, am I still in your no, favorite death? No, but we can talk about it because it's <laughs> so fun. So the brain collective goes into you yes. and says, hey, I'll make you happy mm-hmm. if you just relax and let me take you over. So yes. you, if you go to that page, I it says it. <laughs> you relax and hope that you will soon be happy. <laughs> you relax and hope that you'll soon be happy because you're like you can you can decide to like fight against this brain thing that could take you over or you can just give into it mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't know maybe as a child after all of this I would be like you know what I just want to be happy <laughs> so you give into it and it's like now yeah your body's tingling you can feel no other sensations mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like that for like just like yeah. billions of years. Yeah, you're just kind of like nothingness. You're just a consciousness drifting through space, wondering what will become of you. But you will not find out for billions of years. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. That's your happy ending? That's my happy ending. <laughs> so yeah, it was just so off the rails. It was and it wasn't. This mm-hmm. one... Was but not in a fun off the rails. Right. Way. Yes. You know? Because it was. I like it when there's kind of different tangents. There's different things to explore. Kind of like your code name is Jonah. Um, you can, you know, if you want to go to the sea and look for whales, you can do that, and you can still achieve the mission. Um, there, and there's different paths. This one, there's different things to do, but you're always just still being steered toward that third planet. Mm-hmm. And always just looking for, you know, to achieve the mission in one specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just a little boring and a little uninteresting because you, you couldn't go off on those tangents. Plus, these books are always kind of guilty of kind of spitting you out into other branches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened to me a couple times where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, the captain's been locked away and he's totally a bad guy or something now. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you make a couple of choices and then all of a sudden it spits you out somewhere and it's like all three of you are totally chill and cool mm-hmm. with each other and you love each other and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait, the captain's a bad guy. Right. So I, I don't like that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've found that like I don't like the ones so much where I have a mission. Mm-hmm. I like the ones where my mission is just to get back where I started. Mm-hmm. Like because, cave of time? Yeah, mm-hmm. because those ones have just so much opportunity to be weird mm-hmm. and just just have like the dumbest stuff happen. <laughs> and it it's fine. It just mm-hmm. it it's okay to have the dumbest stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Well anyway, like like I was saying, I I these books are always guilty of kind of like trying to reroute you back into a different branch. Um, than than you originally picked Mm -hmm. to try and, like, recycle Mm -hmm. some of the branches. But I think this book in particular was really guilty of just, like, being almost circular in a way. Oh, yeah. Of just spinning you out into branches that felt unearned or just to try and make the book longer than it had to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one part where I, I I did a branch and then it just basically spit me out to the captain being crazy. Mm. And I was like, well, that's basically right at the beginning of the book. Why Mm -hmm. don't you just put out the end here. Just kill me and then... And then so I can just restart yeah. and get to that part naturally. Right. Because then you, like, you're restarting it essentially anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, now I have to basically restart it, but I don't have any of the context mm-hmm. of the all of the rest of the stuff that I've already had to go through. 
but I'm mentally exhausted from this. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, let's wrap it up, but um, let's get to my favorite ending. Yeah. So this one was a little bit of a stretch because <laughs> I, the endings weren't just really that interesting. I even, I wrote in my notes, uh, I just don't care. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I said, is this burnout? Because, we, no, this is our seventh book at this point. I was like, oh, is this burnout? Am I just not caring about these books? I said, no. In my notes, I said, no, th- these are just uninteresting choices. Yeah. So I think all the endings were just, you know, not necessarily fun. Yeah, they were phoned in, for sure. Um, so anyway, my favorite ending is you um, can go onto the planet with either Pickens, I think, or Vivaldi. Mm-hmm. So I go onto the planet with Vivaldi. And we're bebopping around. We're, we're kind of exploring. We find a spaceship. It's about to take off. You can leave the spaceship, but Vivaldi is like, no, we should be on the spaceship because this is how we can learn about the, oh, the, yeah. the civilization. So that makes you more assertive by mm-hmm. the end. If you stay on the spaceship, it, it launches, obviously. So you can try to find the Aloha, or you can go into like a hibernation chamber. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay, good. Oh, no. So yeah. um, if you try to find the Aloha, it says um, that the Aloha can't reach you. Are you sure you don't want to go into the hibernation chamber? Uh-huh. And then so you can uh, uh, keep trying to find the Aloha. And then if you don't, uh, you find out that it's too late to go into the hibernation chamber. <laughs> and it says the hours stretch into days, the days stretch into weeks. You have waited so long, the computer tells you you have no chance of surviving hibernation. You grow more and more depressed as you sit and wait. And finally, disoriented by the incredible loneliness of outer space, you lose all will to survive. I mean, these books get dark, but that's insanely dark. That's really dark. I mean, if you go into the hibernation chamber and stuff. Yes, but that one is even weirder. Because if you go into the hibernation chamber, (laughs) Dr. Dr. Vivaldi wakes you up. Mm -hmm. And... She's like, hey, thank goodness you're awake. Let's explore this planet. So you find out the planet that you landed on is Earth. Uh-huh. You don't know what the, the day and what year it is. No, because, like, your ship got damaged, and mm-hmm. so all of your mm-hmm. instruments are there's, toast. There's no people around. There's a squirrel and a squish bottle of a... a Coca-Cola. A Coca-Cola can. So it's basically you and Vivaldi just exploring Earth, which, if you're Vivaldi... That is the worst ending possible. It's like, because I just imagine just like this, like twelve-year-old boy in my case, <laughs> just like with this Cleopatra doctor. Like, if I was if I was Vaulty, I'd be like, no, thank you. This is the worst ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I would be like, I'm gonna go on one side of the earth. You stay over here. Because I, I just imagine myself in that instance where I'd be like, oh, oh, oh okay, Miss, Miss Vivaldi. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, I didn't have kids for a reason. <laughs> no. I don't want children. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I love my children. I'm just I, kidding. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I was being her there for a second, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to do your Vivaldi voice. That was my Vivaldi oh, voice. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm getting, all your, I'm getting all your voices mixed up now. Oh. This is my captain voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that was Third Plan from Altair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Kind of a stinker. Yeah. 
but it was one of the first ones, so yeah, have we to can give only a go up pass. from here. I'm excited for the next one. Do you like Western stuff? Yeehaw! <laughs> well, good because the next one is Deadwood City, Whoop. written by Edward Packard. Um, yep. So yep. yeah, I'm excited for that one. So. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Um, make sure that you leave a positive review uh, on your the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, make sure that you subscribe on the podcast uh, platform of your choice because these uh, episodes get released at kind of uh, weird intervals. Also, we have a Redbubble store set up mm. so you can buy shirts, mm. you can buy stickers, you can mm. buy magnets. I think a few things have to be approved. But um, Redbubble will be our site if you want a sticker of our really cool logo. I know cool. I do. I'm going to stick them on random things. Yeah, I'm just going to walk around town, slap them on stuff. Mm-hmm. Kids' foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> um, and follow us on Instagram. Yes, you, you set up an Instagram. Yeah, at Choose Your Own Book Club. Very nice. Yeah, and I'm trying to come up with like a cute nickname for our, our people who listen to us. Picky choosers or <laughs> choosy pickers or... I like choosy pickers. Yeah, we'll come up with something adorable. We'll, we'll come up with something. Yeah, or they'll come up with something. We'll give them a choice. <gasps> <laughs> that was genuine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. That mm-hmm. was just us being cool. <laughs> I mean, we're doing a podcast about a book series that mostly happened before we were born. Of course, we're cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we push up our glasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't have glasses on. Well, thanks for listening today, everybody. I'm Peter. I'm a librarian. I'm Abby. I'm also a librarian. This has been Choose Your Own Book Club. We'll see you next time.